podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, everyone. Is there anyone out there? Well, after a week like that, I'm very glad if you are, because it was certainly a week to just want to you know, give the game a pass for a bit. Um, so thank you very much for listening, if you are listening indeed. Uh, I'm Tom. I'm here with yet another tentative beer. I was out last night on a Sunday night, as you can probably tell by the hoarse voice. I really do sound like a man this week. Um, I was at Planet, FP, FP, Planet FPL Live 4, uh, hosted by FPL Meets, which is a really great event. Um, I'm sure you guys will have, you will know that I listen to James and Serge every week, so seeing them in person it was really fantastic and you know, meeting up with loads of loads of other people and um, so yeah really really good event we had a really really good time um as always uh, with the meets things but yes having a few beers on sunday and being up for work on monday really isn't the one um but you know drinking to forget drinking to just kind of make this whole game week seem even funnier than it already is kind of uh, it kind of suits it kind of suits the situation um, i'm not sure why i opened this beer to be honest it's force of habit but hey here we go <laughs> here we go again body oh, i'm getting too old for this stuff sam <sighs> you're right yeah i mean without the hangover I, I think i share your thoughts i mean i at one point yesterday um during the sunday matches i was texting you i was like i've got to stop watching because the game week was just such a car crash. I needed yeah. to take my mind there off is. of things. Um, but then I, what I haven't told you is the irony of everything was I went off to a fireworks display, was in the pub next to the fireworks beforehand. And mm. my mates who had sat down before me thought, oh, Sam will, will of course want to watch the Liverpool Luton game. So they set me up on a seat that had the direct view of the screen. So I ended up watching it anyway, even though I was trying not to. So that was fun. Um, although, <laughs> to be fair, as a, as a non-Darwin owner, I did slightly enjoy that more than the other matches this game week um but yeah it's been a bit of a, a manic game week so we'll uh, go through all of that later on and uh we are recording halfway through the Chelsea Spurs game which I usually mentioned at the at the end of this intro but considering how crazy that game has been so far I think it's worth mentioning we're only halfway through it we have seen two or three matches worth of drama in that 45 minutes. So do bear with us if information is out of date by the end of the pod, because someone else has gotten sent off or someone else yeah. has done something crazy. In the meantime, though, we are who got the assist. Uh, I mentioned it last week, but the mini league, if you're looking for it, is now closed. Um, so again, thank you for all of you who joined in. It's a really big mini league this season. So it's going to be very, very competitive at the top come game week 38 and we will reward you with a very nice shiny trophy if you are victorious mm. on today's pods we have had a lot of back and forth over what contemplate would be this week we've kind of settled on having a look at some of our old transfers what has and hasn't panned out over the last few weeks and probably something in there around reacting versus projecting so it's a little bit more of a, a spurious topic this week but i think considering how crazy this week's been having a look back and trying to almost calmly objectively look back at our decisions over the last few weeks will be really helpful for hopefully us but also anyone listening as well and then we're going to as always take a look at the bold claims and there's again a lengthy q a at the end so thank you all for your questions as i mentioned we're recording on the 6th of November. The fireworks evenings may be over, but it still seems to be happening on the pitch um, at uh, at the Spurs Stadium. So yeah, fingers crossed we don't miss out on too much more action. But for the time being, I'll hand back over to Tom. 
Yes, and the first half we were saying before we came on was like watching a car crash, wasn't it? There's like the yeah. morbid fascination, the almost rubbernecking. You know, when when everyone's going really slowly, and you think, what, why? Why is there a hold up? And you kind of kind of slowly sort of inch past like a car at the front that's been sort of smashed off, and you kind of like, I shouldn't be looking at this, but I am, and everyone else is also looking at it, uh, which is probably why it's all kind of gone on a little bit. Yeah, really fascinating first half. Hopefully, we don't miss too much drama. Hopefully, it just hunkers down now. Uh, with Spurs hoping to get the one-one, uh, a late Poro goal would be very. Very nice, but I did not think that's going to happen. That's for sure. Right. Uh, oh, God, I suppose we better do scores on the door, shouldn't I? <laughs> I suppose we better. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I am on 26, and I got Gordon and Bowen goals, which was um, you know, very nice. Um, on my bench, and I'm not bothered by this one iota because I never would have played them at all, um, I've got a goal for Archer and also got the assist and uh, free bonus uh, for Kabore, and um, but yeah, there's no chance either of them are getting on the pitch this week. So you know, you know, I'm not gonna be pissed off about that at all. And um, yeah, one of the all-time poor FPL game weeks, I think. Um, no game around it. And I think it's one of those as well that kind of when it started going badly, I wanted to see just how bad it could get. You know, because I, was, I, I think and playing uh, FPL yesterday, we were all saying everyone who captained uh, Holland in there was saying we all expect kind of the, the justice to be meted out by the universe, Salah to go stratospheric, and it was just it was just summed up the week so well that you know the, the Luton pulling out the draw, fair play to them as well. Like the, the roof came off the place to be honest when Chong scored, and um, yeah, really just you know, it's, it's basically a, a soundscape of a. a a picture of a binary code, my teams, just zeros and ones and uh, twos. Okay, a bit of a strange binary there. 21st century <laughs> binary where twos involved. It'd be a really, really uh, interesting week, that's for sure. And, you know, I've got Madison, um, who's come off uh, before half time in the Spurs game. So lots of questions now uh, for me in terms of what happens next. I've got to keep an eye on Holland. Cash as well came off the uh, 58th minute, I think, got a knock fairly early on in the second half and kind of soldiered on for a little bit. Um, but got withdrawn. Uh, Poro did his ankle and um, did kind of complete the first half, but don't know what's going on there. And obviously, Holland, um, but late information is that he was back in training today and um, was um, you know, okay. And so I think that's probably one that we can just kind of shelve this week. But yeah, all time low, really. Um, 661k, I'm down to now. So doubled my rank over the last couple of weeks. And it's one of those as well where I'm kind of thinking, who is scoring points this week? I've got no. Who was getting the points to mean that I'm getting a red arrow? And um, that's just the wonder of FPL, isn't it? Uh, what about you, Sam? Any better? Nope, no better. 24 points going into today. Uh, a doggy is one key difference with your side. You've got Poro. Um, he should have been sent off in the first half. I'm not sure how he wasn't. So I feel kind of fortunate to have only gotten uh, uh, a yellow from that. So no points from him so far. So that's not adding to my score. And Son is still on the pitch. But obviously with Spurs down to 10 men, uh, I'm not holding out too many high hopes on him improving my score at all. So I'm on live score of 25 points. That could slightly improve in the second half. But like you say, it's an all-time bad game week. I, I feel like every year we get one of these where it's just everything goes wrong all at once all of the teams we fancy to do well all of the players we fancy to do well all just have an absolute nightmare yeah the the only two exceptions in both of our teams which we do have in common are 
Bowen and Gordon, who ironically were the two players in the in the forward, well, in the midfield and forward lines, who I was probably most likely to get yeah. rid of in the next yeah. couple of weeks going into this week. Um, so they're auditioning for spots in my side over the next few. And anyone who's watching on YouTube will see the fact that, well, both of us, but even more so me with Dan Byrne in there and a doggy's flag luckily will clear but it's basically fun with flags at the moment so i think yeah. i'll have other issues to deal with especially that damn burn injury which looks like it's a long-termer yeah definitely. Um, so yeah what was going to be an easy role in game week 12 and possibly even burning the transfer ironically burn is probably the one that um has prevented me from doing that amongst a few other issues as well uh simicast as well we should probably mention very quickly um, that, yeah yeah, I, I in in the nightmare that is this game week, I actually kind of forgot that Simicast didn't even start, which again is really, really poor. He was the most transferred in player in FPL this week and to come on um, with, what is it, 20 minutes to go, 10, 15 yeah, minutes to go. Like um, maybe we could have seen it coming with Gomez providing a bit more height for the aerial threat of Luton, but... I think we were both pretty confident he would start even with 90 minutes in midweek. So I wouldn't yeah, have done anything definitely. differently. Honestly, everyone's having a nightmare. If you're out there and you're on a green arrow, fair play. I don't know <laughs> how you've done it. Um, you must have Trippier. <laughs> you must do. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am one or two others. to compound the, the badness of this game week. Um, I sold Trippier to buy Shimakas. So, mm. you know, it's just one of those where you look at it and you just think, oh, FFS. But then I could have, oh, obviously I couldn't have sold, I, I wouldn't have sold him. But, you know, as I said about last week, the onward plan was to bring Saka in this week and make the way uh, to uh, make um, space for that to happen. And I was convinced, to be honest, that we'd score. We had a good recent record in Newcastle. I think I mentioned that last week anyway. And I thought that, you know, that would be at least, I didn't think it'd be a high scoring game, but kind of a 1 1, something like that. And um, so marginal loss uh, due to a controversial goal, et cetera, et cetera, and so on and so on. And yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I guess we're sticking the boot in, but hey, as I said, it's it's just I find it quite hilarious, really, like how bad a game we can possibly get. It's very nice to see, um, kind of the 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 far extreme result of how bad a game we can be. I know, um, the guys from uh, Martin, um, uh, kind of Baker from Above Average is on like eleven points or something, twelve points. Yeah, like but that's an all timer. Right? I don't think I've kind of had maybe some twenties in my time. But kind of mm. 25, 26, that's kind of a, that's pretty low. But yeah, kind of getting getting to eleven, that's like elite territory, elite badness. Um, but that's that's excellent. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes, uh, this week then it was quite a funny one. Yeah, uh, just to talk through quickly. I mean, the the, the real thing, and um, just to kind of focus on before we go into kind of what we what we're kind of going to talk about, which is just. <laughs> recent decision making the idea of reacting versus projecting um i think we, we started to touch on it last week there's been a bit of a sea change recently in fpl from what was a very uncertain period uh, to now where it feels like the template has solidified a little bit um but weeks like this are simply pure banter there, there's no way around that like you know you mentioned earlier on that you know we've, we've got some weeks where a few players blank like a few well well owned players blank and there's kind of a net sort of red for a lot of people but there's always that one or two that kind of come through and we've also had the opposite this season where we've had all of the players scoring like no matter who like your, your entire team's got in double digits well your mm. entire midfield's got in double digits but all of your kind of key rank threats have also gone and got double digits so it's kind of you've gone nowhere but this week has just been absolutely ridiculous like the the, the thing that i looked at was the team of the week on monday morning uh, this morning which is just hilarious i mean i think there's probably 
one and a half players in this, which are anywhere near anyone's teams. One definitely is Johnson in goal with the nine. But the back mm. five, all with the double-digit halls, <laughs> Toffolo, um, he of betting fame, um, Tyrick Mitchell, who I know one person owns, um, Ola Aina, last seen at Fulham back in 2019, I think it was. I actually owned him mm-hmm. for a nine-pointer once. Uh, Mikalenko, last seen in draft. Collins, last seen in draft. He was in my team at one point. Uh, Jeremy Doku, 22 points for old Doku. Um, Count Doku. Um, I, I mean, I, I know that, again, that's above average. I know Adam from above average did sell him this week. But you know, it's, just, it's, it's winning the lottery with Van City. It's, it's how it always is every single time. Bernardo, 14. Kudus, uh, who I did buy on draft this week, which is, I'm very mm. happy about that. 11 points. Bruno Fernandes, nice. who's who's the half. I think he'd be in a few teams potentially. And Archer. Maybe there's some people kind of getting an Archer off the bench and you are very, very jam-tastic. But I mean, <laughs> of all of those names, it is Johnston and potentially Bruno Fernandes and the ultra-patient sort of analytics crowd who are probably going to have one of those players and um, but yeah the, the rest of them it kind of just sums up the nature of this week and it kind of just makes you kind of i guess appreciate that sometimes you do just get poor game weeks and the time really now um for uh, is, is not really for getting angry about it like just i think it's just a case of being kind of a bit detached from it and just kind of laughing and i was speaking to quite again quite a few people yesterday about having bad weeks and things like this because obviously it was a top a hot topic conversation how bad has your week been and it's kind of the, the ability to have that em- emotional detachment like and making it work for you it's a very sort of one-sided thing to kind of be like if it's going really well you know, i'm really like I, I love it you know it's making me feel really happy if it's not going very well then i shut the door on it like i think i've, I've learned that over the last few years a like, long-term listeners will know i've had a pretty bad run and um, doing wgta <laughs> and and after a while you kind of just you know you stop punching walls like i did early doors that's i lost that's when i lost the podcast it wasn't due to a bad game week but i used to get so pissed off um but no don't yeah it's just kind of it's one of those things where you kind of you treat it as a game like you really enjoy the game you, you kind of have a decent knowledge and so in, in my case kind of quite a deep knowledge of the game and love love talking about it but you kind of you pull it in its box and if that box needs to go away um for you not to be upset then put it away basically mm. and yeah it, it really has been um, one of those game weeks where you know i i really haven't seen that many kind of outpourings of upset perhaps yeah or maybe hindu monkey but that's, that's that's irrelevant he's always upset that guy um other than that like it's, it's very much one where i think we all kind of accept our fates don't we sam yeah and i, I think there's also something to be said for us not not us as in me and you but the crowd generally playing fpl for so long now that there's a, a certain level of maturity about these weeks happening we do bake it into our season there's at least one of these every year and i think it's quite it's quite reassuring when it happens, not only to you, but to the crowd as well. There's something in the, that sort of team spirit. We're all in it together a little bit. And you can only really say it's a bad game week, in my view, if you're having a far worse game week than what the average crowd is doing. And the average for this week is so low. The general consensus is we're all having a bit of a nightmare and we're in it together. There are there are outliers, obviously, in, on both the negative and the positive side. But one thing I would say about any of you that are having a true shocker, something below 20 points, 
you're still only losing 10 points on the crowd. That's it. That's not that bad, really. You're going to be able to get, gain that back over a season pretty easily. So honestly, do not worry too much. In a low-scoring game week, if you're below the average, it can't be by so much that it's going to really be detrimental to your season. So if you're feeling frustrated at the moment and you're having an even worse week than myself or Tom are, take solace in the fact that if this was an average of 70 and you've got something like 40, you're way worse off then. So yeah, don't worry. Okay. We'll so, all get back to it. Um, the dog is what? just sent off. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course he has. Of course he has. To be fair, he should have been sent off in the first half. Yeah, so I mean, he, I, he was walking. He was walking. It's a very, it's yeah. a very silly, it's a very silly uh, second yellow bell looks of it. But I mean, yeah, having that mature view. I mean, you know, just yeah, you got to just laugh these things off now. You got to laugh. Bit. If I if but, I wasn't on a podcast right now, I don't know if I'd be laughing. Um, but <laughs> I'm trying to find humor into my, in it. into my uh, protein shake or something like that. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah, possibly, possibly. But yeah, Spurs down to nine. I mean, that is, I, I'm having a certified nightmare of a game week right now as well. Um, and I will need to make transfers next week because of this. Yeah. Um, but these, these weeks happen and we'll be playing FPL several seasons down the line as well. And it will feel like a des- distant memory and we'll all have a laugh about it eventually. Keyword, eventually. Um, so yeah, feel bad about it. Sure, that's fine. But don't worry. Next game week is only a week away and we can right our wrongs hopefully fairly soon. So there yeah. is light at the end of the tunnel, I promise. And that's from someone who is live on the pod, just lost a player to a red card. So it does get yes. better. Yes, it's very painful, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose it's all symptomatic, isn't it? Of the point I made just at the beginning that the template, I think has solidified quite a lot now. And there are a few mm-hmm. players, obviously, kind of, on the fringes, you've done okay this week. You no, know, um, Bumo, um, obviously got only only in inverted commas got an assist, but my lord, he could have really, really flipping hauled this week. Um, you've got kind of a few other sort of players who may be kind of in and around the template, like Fernandez, as I mentioned earlier on, and then maybe like kind of a city a city defender, um, could have been in in, in some people's teams, like you know, Ake and the Kanji, uh, both scored this week. Um, but it is one of those where you, wherever you look. Um, it's it's it, 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 they're players who are not particularly FPL relevant, and that's fine. This is just such an extreme example of what an outcome can be. That it's almost like you don't really learn anything from it, um, and I think that's fine to accept that that FPL is completely random. If it was really predictable, um, those who are more engaged, I'm sure every year uh, would do better and better, or at least be kind of in, in the shout of winning the thing. Um, but the, the, the element of randomness, uh, variance, as the cool kids call it, is always going to be them. It's just extreme, extreme variance. Um, so there you go. Um, be adult about it. It's just it's just a game. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think to kind of link that in then to what we were going to talk about today, it's the idea of just looking back, I suppose, at what we've done recently, or what I've done recently, I think, because you wildcarded a little bit later than me, have mm. a fewer kind of moves to make, whereas I've kind of had a few decisions to make. Um, and kind of think about kind of this idea of projective versus outcome, because I think that recently there has been this sort of notion that you're buying in a player. Um, every time I've bought in a player, he's just done sod all, basically. Like, you know, it feels like I'm kind of reacting to what's happened in the past. And we've kind of started to touch on this over management as well a little bit. Um, and you know, maybe I've been kind of fairly template with the move I've moves I've made. Like I've been following sort of um 
the, the most transferred in player or kind of the meta as it shifted. Um, but I think it's interesting to see if we can kind of derive anything from from this, divine anything from this. It's, it's, I, mean, I don't think we're going to go into details of nuts and bolts of the moves and what those points mean and all that sort of thing. It's more of just something for fun, really, just to kind of get our points across. Um, but yeah, it, I looked at my moves over the last sort of the game week eight to this week, so tw- last four weeks. Um, so game week eight, I sold um Diaby and Botman. That Botman was injured. Diaby, I wanted the Spurs player. Was it was it Luton? Was it Luton Fulham? They had. Um, so I yeah. kind of I couldn't afford Madison, so I got in Kulusevski and bought in cash for Botman because Botman um, was really injured. Um, rolled it in game week nine. Game week ten, uh, sold Kulusevski for Madison uh, for for Master for Madison. I sold Son for Marsnelli and I sold Alvarez for Watkins because Watkins was the it player we all wanted. I took a hit that week. Obviously, Son got a ten pointer. And uh, Alvarez didn't do anything. Um, but yes, it was, it was a bit rubbish if you add the hit in and Madison only getting the assist and Watkins blanking against Luton, uh, Martinelli blanking against Sheffield United. And then we get to game week 11 last week. Uh, so selling Trippier and, Bry- and buying in Shimakas, uh, two of the red line players, Sam, on the Wildcards uh, podcast. I was saying, there's two players that are red line. I'm keeping them no matter what. <laughs> They are Trippier. They are Son. The whole thing's been built around them. And, you know, there's been, uh, I don't know whether it's been a strategic failure. Maybe we'll speak about that in a minute. Um, but it's, it's notable that both times I've sold those players, it's been a kind of a, a big down. I think I'm kind of minus 16 or so down on the transfers that I've made, like every mm. time. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's one of those that, um, yeah, I think it's, it's worth just to kind of uh, think about and hopefully kind of something that kind of, reflects outwards you can think about if you've had a good kind of few weeks why is it kind of worked out for you if you've had a not so good few weeks like i have why is what's kind of the process been you were hot on the process a lot last week i think this is kind of just a continuation perhaps of, of last week's pod but you've had fewer moves to make haven't you i have yeah so i obviously i i wildcarded in uh a week after you so i work wildcarded in game week eight um and then set myself up specifically for eight and nine trying to roll the transfer um, and then started making my moves, uh, removing Madison, which was a bit of a planned transfer for Saka ahead of game week 10, which was that Sheffield United game for Arsenal. Um, That levelled out, so six points for both of them in that game week, so not really gaining or losing anything there. Um, And then the transfer this week was Aguerd out for Simicass, um, which again, <laughs> didn't gain or lose me anything because I believe they both got one-pointers. Um, I didn't even check what Aguerd got. If he got a yellow card, then he's down to zero. Um, yeah. But either way, pretty much even on both of those moves. Hasn't really gained or lost me any ground. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like with hindsight, I'd probably make those moves again, other than the fact that which we wouldn't have known um, that Simakas w- was going to get benched this game week. I'd probably still be fairly comfortable with the moves I made there, knowing that I was chasing fixtures and on the Simakas one, hopefully an opportunity for a really underpriced Liverpool defender with the good, decent chances of attacking upside and also clean sheet potential in the next few. Mm. But yeah, obviously the tectonic plates of FPL shift pretty quickly. And obviously now Saka's not looking at his best and Simakas is now a rotation threat which maybe again like I mentioned earlier yeah, we, we, we might we have been that, able to see coming but yeah not we both, we both had sure. some, some suggestions of that um but I think kind of that was kind of 
three game weeks ago when he first came on the scene because of the Robertson injury in the international break. And exactly. we both said we need a little bit of time, see what's going on. Uh, played 60 minutes in the first game, full 90, full 90 again in midweek. And we were kind of thinking, well, that might just be because of an absence of um, other options. Um, but yeah. Yeah, um, we did both kind of float the idea that potentially someone else could play. Um, I know that there's a few other podcasts who said that as well. Um, some of this, I think, comes from a very long question. Come humble brag uh, from FPL Death Star we were sent this week. And it reads as follows. So my question is about patience and whether or not this week is a good example of overmanagement. Thinking about your pod last week. A few weeks ago, people were talking about selling Mbumo, for example, who I thought was a great example of talisman theory and couldn't understand the selling. He did go 2-1-2-2 two, two, two between games 5 and 8. But over the last week's over the last three weeks, he's gone 14, 13, 5. I've just left him there. I was tempted to move in all seriousness. Mitchell, so he, he's the guy I was talking about earlier, Mitchell got 15 points this week mm. uh, to Shimakas. And obviously, I'm lucky I didn't. Um, I guess the question amongst all of this nonsense is how much of this is outcome bias and how much of this is a return to trusting our instinct when we make longer term plays? I didn't transfer because I trusted my wildcard judgment of three rotating 4.5 defenders, of which was Mitchell's turn last week and will be Sufal's turn this week when Oscar Forrest at home. Is this week a bit of a return to the patient managers getting one up in a season which is more often felt like the fast move has got the points or is it something different? Translation, I think, is I'm a great manager. What the hell are you two doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that's a, that's a really interesting sort of um, conundrum to talk about because I think there's definitely this kind of notion of um, you know, really patient managers potentially being rewarded a little bit this week, like mm-hmm. Bruno um, doing okay. I mean, uh, the, the, the kind of the individuals that um, Defstar mentioned there, people have kept Bumo. I know that we said a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah, sell Bumo because the fixtures aren't really in his favour. Um, FB ref, the, the, the data's off the charts I mentioned last week, so you know, fair enough who did keep. And then you know, the Mitchell example is a bit of a unique one because um, I don't think many people actually own and obviously got a golden 15-pointer, but it's still one of those um, which is kind of worth mentioning as well because he avoided the, the Shimikas, um compulsion. And I know a lot of people who did sell Trippier for Shimikas, like I did, or sold like that's a Poro or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, this kind of conundrum of patience sam is always something that i've kind of wondered about and something i've not been kind of great at like last season i was very much more conservative slash cautious but i think that was because by game week sort of six seven i was like nudging the top 5k so mm. i kind of adapted my play style a little bit whereas now i feel like i've become and kind of evidenced by the transfers i've talked through earlier i feel like i've become a little bit more sort of i'm not sure whether i say it reactive but definitely active um, I mean, this year, is it about what, what uh, Death Star was saying, patience? Or have we kind of entered the time frame now where the template has to divide and patience seems to be the way to go? Yeah, so I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago as well around, around the subject of, of patience. And I, I think sometimes it's knowing what the decision-making process was for you picking a player in the first place. So Mbumo is a great example of this. The the reasons behind a lot of people picking him were the penalties, the fact that he's now playing up top and was getting 90 minutes. And obviously the underlying data, even without the penalties, was really strong. The fact that he's not returning is obviously a, a stress test for a lot of managers and a lot of managers will lose faith, including myself as well. Um, but really looking back... If, the de- if all of those other factors, the reasons that you picked him in the first place were still all going for him, then there is something to be said for, OK, well, maybe I just need to stay the course with this pick because he's doing everything that I thought he would do. He's the FPL player that I'd been promised. 
he's just not getting the returns at the moment. But returns are noisy. That's whether or not a goal, a shot goes inside or outside the post, whether or not the keeper makes a great save, whether or not a penalty is awarded or not awarded. These are noisy aspects of, of football. But the underlying data, if it's consistently good and everything else around the player that you, the reasons you picked him in the first place are still there, then there is something to be said for patience. I think with Mbumo, again, as a, as a lead example of, of this point that the antithesis of that would be, but if the fixtures aren't there, that's one factor going against him all of a sudden that you may have weighed into your initial decision-making. And then if there's another player arrival around that price point that you think has also got great data, but then also has the fixtures, then you need to weigh up whether or not enough of the factors have changed to make you want to stop being patient with this player, whether or not you've had enough time to see whether or not you're going to get what you need from him. But Mbumo, I think anyone who's stuck with him obviously has been rewarded and rightfully so because he is a player with great underlying data. He's one of the top performers in FPL this season, not just for the actual returns, but for the data. And he's got everything going for him still. So maybe we should have been a bit more patient. Yeah, he's um, fourth for non-pen XGI so far Mm. this season. Third for non-pen XG. Oh, well, I said well, last week, well, Thomas Frank's done there at, at, at Brentford. They really deserves being applauded a lot. Um, I wonder whether our sort of patience horizon has, uh, because at the start of the season, especially kind of the first sort of six, seven, eight weeks, it was kind of punctuated by us not really being too sure what the template was, um, who the players were that we can trust. And that's something that kind of I went into um, a few weeks ago. Um, and I wonder whether this is sort of the tale of that, where there's still sort of elements of we're not sure who's to, who to trust, uh, still making moves, perhaps like Shemikas, although we, we kind of did have a sense of security with kind of two weeks and the fixture still being good. So I wouldn't kind of point out that one. But I do look at those sort of moves that I made and I spoke in kind of detail about the moves last week that I wasn't for kind of comfortable with my process. Um, and I wonder whether we are kind of reaching a stage where... Um, <clears throat> It, we shouldn't be kind of tracking the meta as much as maybe we should. We were early doors, and maybe it's kind of been me being a bit overreactive potentially in in, in the moves that I've made recently. Like I wanted Watkins, um, and mostly Alvarez hasn't punished me, but for like Alvarez, that kind of Watkins was kind of the player that I felt like I I really couldn't go without. Like I texted you, didn't I, uh, on the day um, before? Mm. Uh, during the West Ham game, I, I need Watkins. Like it's just it's gotten a bit silly now. Like, I really need him. Uh, but then selling Son obviously was a very kind of uncomfortable thing, and I really shouldn't have done that. And then you're looking at this week, where it's kind of like, oh, I'm trying to kind of write that by getting the money from Trippier, so I can afford kind of the next. If I'm projecting forward, the next sort of uh, few it players, I think that will probably be Saka. And now the irony is that that's kind of irrelevant because I could have rolled the transfer and found another way to get to Saka uh, via Madison, who's now injured. But obviously, it's very difficult to foresee that players going to get injured. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? I mean, uh, from your uh, your kind of opinion, I guess, Sam, the Samslation of kind of what I've been saying, I mean, should I go back to this sort of notion of being a bit more cautious because it, it really does kind of stick out like a sore thumb i guess i know you had a wild card sort of in between but in the time that you've done two transfers there's me on six and it feels mm. like i'm kind of burning through players uh like swipes on tinder uh almost or hinges as it is these days i'm sure i don't know, I don't know. 
don't need it anymore. <laughs> but, you know, um, it really does feel that way. Uh, so maybe it is kind of a case, as Sean was kind of saying earlier on about, um, that's what I was saying earlier on about kind of personalization, uh, uh, patience and um, uh, kind of just stabilization being sort of the main sort of way forward, perhaps. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I've seen different managers have success with very different strategies. Some people are much more aggressive with their moves. They'll t happily take out players that are performing really well, thinking I'm going to back the fixtures here and try and get ahead of the, the meta, ahead of the template through doing so. Um, and other managers are more successful by maybe treading a, a slightly more cautious line. But I think the key here is consistency, as you've hinted at here. I think the fact that you've gone from one strategy to another might be where you're having the issues at the moment because you're conflicted week on week as to whether or not you you should apply different logic to the moves based on what happened or what went wrong last week because maybe it's a strategy you're not overly comfortable with, as you hinted at last week on the pod. And then you're you with this week, I think removing Trippier for Simicas was a, about trying to get back ahead. So you've got the money in the bank and you can start looking at moves further down the line, which I think on the whole is a sensible play. I think there's nothing wrong with that. But having done that after doing the, the almost the Hail Mary the week before, it can leave you in a little bit of a, yeah. a, a questionable position because you're doubting which strategy, if you've had two negative outcomes from both, then you're doubting whether either strategy was the right one to go for. And I think just trying to nail down which strategy you want to continue with down this pathway for the rest of the season and applying that logic to all of your moves will be more fruitful yeah. going forwards rather than sort of going back backwards and forwards or back and forth rather on the, on the style of play you want to apply to the season. But where, whether or not one is correct and one is incorrect it would be hard for me to say because I've, right. I have seen managers be successful, successful both ways. So I wouldn't want to pin one and say this is the way to play this season because it could easily change or it could yeah, prove after 38 weeks that over the long run average being more aggressive is the way to, to have played this season. And we'll only really know that much further into the season. It's rather picking a strategy and, and, and just backing yourself with it and, and knowing that's the way you feel comfortable with playing. I guess my my sort of feeling was that like this year felt a lot more ponterific than last year. Like last year did feel very much sort of getting in formation early on and kind of tersling your way forward. Mm. Um, it felt like there was a lot of sort of non-drastic moves. Like you know, as I said, there was that week where we were looking at moving a four point five million forward around. Um, whereas this year it's not quite been that way with the glut of options in midfield for example lots of interchangeable parts things I referenced multiple times before and I think it was kind of trying to adjust and my strategy from depending on how I think the season is looking and um, but maybe something that I kind of didn't really think about too much is that within each season there are also sort of little kind of pockets of time where the template does become quite solid suddenly or does then loosen up and you've got that sort of opportunity to attack and mm. maybe you know I did see with buying the buying Watkins having that sort of Arsenal cover and um, which with Martinelli which I will be kind of keeping because I think he's been quite good the last couple of games it's just not really kind of come off because we as a team don't look particularly good and kind of keeping the, the Spurs coverage in Madison there was an idea that kind of in, in that will pay off over the long term. So it is kind of 
the, the patience and consistency that's always there it's always been a hallmark mm. how i've played but that has not been particularly successful <laughs> so um i think success always seems to have been through um playing it in a quite a cautious way which is your hallmark it's lucy's hallmark as well and a lot of the big managers the best managers do exactly that and um, and i think i'm back in kind of chasing mode um a little bit and maybe that's what's kind of influencing my decision making whereas i kind of almost i want to kind of shoot for the moon had that one sort of big moment i've spoken about season of moments so far this season like having one sort of big moment with someone like buying kulisevsky who's on my transfers in list buying a martinelli and then kind of scoring sort of a few points on that sort of um on, on the day that i buy him in like that that probably would be potentially the thing that i that i'd be kind of aiming for um but yeah i, I think it goes back to maybe kind of stabilization and maybe trying to just kind of Raw out some patience because at the end of the day, I have one great game week, which is always really nice. And um, but it's got to be kind of that idea of sort of long term in like in, investing, basically like a lo- long term interest on your sort of capital versus like a trading thing where you're looking to kind of make loads of money on the cryptocurrency markets overnight. Like I think I'm always kind of looking for the like, that sort of the latter one where I want sort of like one game week to go stratospheric. You know, I've got you know uber differentials dice men as a joe from F- fan for fans football scout will call them you know, loads of those players all throughout my team all going well you know having a high state sort of thing but i think you know i've got to try to remember that last year was very good because i got the template early and it was kind of just the case of kind of maintaining that and i suppose a part of my sort of un- discomfort now is that i'm so far from what i consider consider to be kind of where the template is, I suppose. I haven't got Sack at the moment, I haven't got Son, do have um Salah, do have Holland, have now sold Trippier. So I need to kind of try to figure that out and kind of project, I guess, what where everything's gonna go going forward. And mm. I think that's good a good kind of example of that is probably, you know, the the idea of buying Saka from next week. So you know, over the last couple of game weeks, absolutely bugger all, really. I mean he's had one mm. shot and he got obviously got very, very contentious assists last week. But the gamble would be that Burnley, Brentford, Wolves, Luton, the next four are good enough that you kind of be kind of thinking that, that that's going to be a, a change in fortune for us a little bit. How Saka's being used, a kind of a prime Sane under, Man City, under Pep, you know, stick to the wing and you've been double marked so Martinelli can do all the kind of the, the incisive work. Some of that is sort of also kind of feeding in where I think this has got to, eventually there's got to be kind of a stop to this and, and we're going to have to kind of try to i guess come up with a more kind of fluid way of, of playing football yeah the sheffield united result aside we've been in second gear but i think hopefully kind of the next four is going to be the remedy of the situation i speak to james um, about this last night um so maybe that's going to be where i go but yeah i guess there's kind of yeah projecting versus reacting is i guess where we're at with this and and trying to make sure that and um, you can kind of i guess try to think about who's going to be in the next template which is kind of yeah. what we should all be doing all the time um, and we shouldn't, uh, I don't know, maybe I've been a bit too a bit too keen to just buy in players um, who maybe are a bit too punty and I need to kind of keep my powder dry, wait an extra week, um, which is kind of what it felt like the last kind of few weeks have kind of shown me. I mean, you're very good at wait, waiting the extra week or, you know, spending your time sort of thinking about it, planning to the nth degree with your lovely spreadsheet, which your other half, I'm sure, wants to... <laughs> throw in the recycle bin or if, it, if it's real burn <laughs> but, <laughs> i mean um do, do you think there's um any kind of 
players, I guess, going forward who could bust through that template, especially after international break after game week 12? Yeah, well, I, if we're talking game week 12 as well, I think you've got one in your team and Martinelli is really interesting to me right now. So, yeah, I think he could be helping you get back ahead of the template pretty quickly um, if he has a bit of a flyer against Burnley. Outside of that, I have made a few notes. Um, Eberici Eze, I really like the look of at 6.1. Palace have got some great fixtures over the next four. Um, and his data is phenomenal. So if you want to back the data without the returns, a bit like Mboum over, over the last few weeks before he started hauling again, Eze could be the next guy. He is on penalties as well, I believe. So yeah, I, I would really like the look of him. And he's significantly underpriced at the moment for the sort of data he's getting. And he really is the the folk, focal point of that team. He's the reason that they tick. And we saw even him coming back off the bench this week. They were a lot more expansive going forward and were able to create a lot more chances. So I really like the look of him. Um, I also really want to consider still, even though they've not been great recently, some of the Brighton assets, the fixtures are still there. The data is still generally pretty good. And I think because of recent poor performances, most people will look away and maybe take their, their eye off the ball with them. And they're still a good side. They're still going to create chances. And as frustrating as they've been, I still think there's an opportunity there. Um, the man that you've brought in draft this week, Caduce, um, I like the look of as yeah. well. If we can get a run of starts, I think he scored five and seven now. I, I, it, I think it's five and seven starts. I saw a stat on match of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might be getting that wrong. So apologies because I haven't fact checked that, but it is, it is a significant contribution. And then finally, based on um, reactive news to the Dan Byrne injury, the fact that Botman seems like he might be out for a while and Target is out for the next two or three months. We could be looking at a cut price Livramento at 4.3. If he can get a run of starts as well, he could be a great route into the Newcastle defence as as a Saints fan, I know how attacking he can be. Yeah, he's yeah, he's even played at right wing before in the in the Chelsea Academy. He's got he's usually really good on the underlying data um, if given a run of starts. So if he's going to continue starting matches with Dan Burnout and Lewis Hall isn't that much of, com uh, of a competition, he could be really good value for money. He's significantly underpriced at 4.3. It's hmm. just the question mark whether or not he will continuously start or whether Hall will get the odd start over him and they'll try and mix it up a little bit between the two. But yeah, those those would be the main ones I'd, I'd be looking at right now. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, th I think I'm probably kind of on the right track. I think <clears throat> I want to get the double Arsenal in um, mm -hmm. to your point a minute ago because I think that I mean we play Burnley, Wolves, Luton, and uh, Brighton. I think in game week 17, um, away game against Brentford. That's we're going to struggle in that. But the, there's the other the other games Villa away, which we're not. But there's going that's going to be an interesting one. I think if we do get out of second gear, we're going to be a, a team that suddenly people are going to want a piece of. And maybe, yeah. especially with what's gone on with Spurs tonight, um, where the depth is going to be severely tested this this, this week, I'd say, um, that's going to be kind of the natural sort of progression for a lot of people anyway. So I'm hoping to kind of be there um, early on. Um, over Christmas, I think, um, or at least kind of, kind of the end of um, November, start of December, I think we are going to kind of slowly start to kind of move ourselves around to um, expected minutes being a lot more important. 
and then mm. and that's kind of a natural progression that you get uh, throughout this sort of time frame. So you may see some players, I mean, I've, I've, Bruno Fernandes comes to mind immediately um, from teams that maybe aren't performing particularly well, but there's kind of that individual brilliance about them, which can mean that you are on for something happening um, every now and again. I always think back to at the start of the season where we were, we were kind of looking at you know, all the players from teams below kind of notional eight place finish in 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 the Premier League, and we were like, screw them, you know, think about them. And I think now it's what's really interesting is that you, you can and um, think about them, and you you might want to think about them, especially with kind of needing to own needing inverted commas, definitely Holland, definitely Salah, maybe not. Uh, we'll see what happens with Son, but. Almost certainly, we'll see kind of Saka um, gaining a lot of prominence in teams. Um, I, I asked um, the guys at Planet FL about this last night, and uh, Ezzy, for example, is a player who's come to the mind for a lot of people because he's, even though Palace's fixtures may not be the best, defensively sound, and also a player who could well come through. And oddly, there's kind of the resurgence, the Dyche led resurgence, um, resurgence at Everton as well, uh, mm. could be kind of something to kind of bear in mind to keep an eye on. Like so, Calvert Lewin, um, who we've completely forgotten about, but now he seems to be back fit again. And um, yes, I think there's definitely um, more work to be done on that and that kind of projection versus reacting. I think something we'll look at. I think in the national break when we've got a bit of time. Well, that's a bit of a, a meander through loads of bizarre stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry it wasn't kind of as co cogent and coherent as usual, but it's one of those um, where this week felt very sort of like we, we needed to think about what's happened, how we've got to this point, except in this, this week was a bit rubbish, but both had a bit of an, a negative experience recently and kind of trying to diagnose it. So hopefully that was useful and hopefully you can take forward into your own team, your own thinking, and trying to projecting forward what you're going to do. Right, bold claims, Samuel. Uh, last week you uh, projected Mbumo to score ten plus points. I think you were really, really unlucky. Uh, yeah, he really. I did. thought I was going to get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, I, I really thought that was going to come through for me. Um, especially seeing how West Ham were de defending, didn't look promising at all. But again, another blank. Um, what was your bold claim last week? Was it Martinelli to score? Yeah, Martinelli to score. Um, yeah, yeah, didn't quite happen, but you know he, he played very well in the game. I thought, um, but yeah, didn't did, quite get there. Did, okay, as of as of all, as with both Marcelli and Saka, Saka at the moment, there's not really the end products. Yes, Dodgers is for Saka against Sheffield United, but there's not really kind of the, the the explosion of end products that we were expecting. And this mm. week, you you've gone you've gone all Big. in. If if you do get this, I'm going to let you have two points, even though that will be four nil down. Uh, but I feel like it's already a bit of a losing streak at the moment. Mm, yeah, well, go hard or go home. Um, it's been a losing streak for the last few weeks, so I've gone big this week. Uh, Arsenal, Brighton and Villa to all score three-plus goals in their independent fixtures. They obviously all drop points this week. They've all been flattering to deceive for a little, a little while, um, or at least in Arsenal's case and Brighton's case, they have. Um, but I think they, these fixtures are set up, hopefully, for some goals and... Yeah, I'm backing all three of them to hopefully get back to winning ways and score three each at least. So, yeah, if this one comes through, it will be a bit of a trick shot. Um, I might put a couple of quid on it as well, just so I've got more than a bold claim on this one. Um, but, yeah, it's a long shot. That's for sure. Yeah, Bright Brighton Chef. Yeah, I can see that. Arsenal Burnley, I can see that. Villa mm -hmm. Fulham, um, interesting. Um, uh, yeah, Villa yeah. score a lot of goals at home. They do, they do indeed. So, yeah, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Yeah, fair play. Um, On to I, you. 
I'm going for Captain Chaos uh, Darwin uh, to, to to kind of go the other way this week. Gonna, the stars are going to align. It's going to score ten plus points versus stubborn old Brentford. Um, mm. I think that's kind of where I'm going to go with that one. Uh, yeah. Honestly, how didn't he score against well, Luton? I can't believe it. Yeah, we'll get onto it. <laughs> we need to go into it, I think, now. Um, because Darwin was a player who we were all enjoying watching, um, enjoying in inverted commas, we didn't own him <laughs> like last night. And Dave Glass asks us, uh, what is Darwin's XMS per 90, i.e. expected miss sitters uh, per 90? And yeah, I think that the, the chance from three yards out, I mean, especially because it is Darwin, is one of those that kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. So if, if XG of one point three two versus Luton, Sam, three big mm. chances missed, nine shots, five in the box, three on target, two FPL points. I think mm. the, uh, the the owners are going to feel a little bit hard done by. Uh, but the counterbalance to that is that if you look at the big chances missed this season for strikers, you've got Darwin on ten, Holland on eleven, and Watkins mm. on eleven. Um, and Holland, he's got 13 goals and goals and assists and uh, goal involvement in about 930 minutes, which is 1.25 GNA per 90. Watkins with uh, 13 as well, and in, in a similar amount of time to Holland, again 1.23. Um, Darwin's plays less minutes, so 506. But again, what we saw last year comes through. So nine goals, goal, goal involvement during that time, 1.6 um, goal involvements per 90. And that's wrought mm. out as well in on FBref um, as well. So the highest uh, non-pen XG per 90, the highest non-pen expected goal involvement per 90. Um not the highest, not the highest uh, XG per ninety because you're kind of throwing the penalty takers there, um, but I mean, it's just a case of the stars aligning, isn't it? I remember there was one, one of the FPL meets before my daughter came along. Uh, I think they, they were playing you, weren't they? Um, yeah. And Darwin just kind of out of nowhere just pulled a brace from his behind. That was, mm. that was before the World Cup, wasn't it? Just before the it World was, Cup. Yeah. And I think that it's one of those where, with Darwin, you kind of. I test is really important, yada, yada, yada. Because one of those players that you can't put yourself through the eye test. <laughs> you don't want to put yourself through the eye test. You shouldn't put yourself through the eye test for loads of reasons. Just if you do go with him, just love him and leave him. Maybe it's Leighton Baines style 2012, never bench, never captain. Just leave him there. And every, it's a it's like a proper roller coaster. Like every week, you've got a chance of a haul, effectively. Yeah. Just leave him there, have fun. But at the moment, I think I'm kind of happy with Watkins in there. Um, but I mean, I, he's always one where if I was in a three-four-three, I I wouldn't let this week put me off because you've got to be <laughs> putting yourself in a position to score, haven't you? Really, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there's no doubt he's one of the most frustrating players you can own in the game, but he's frustrating because he's getting into those areas, he's getting those chances, and in a team like Liverpool there's a reason that they're backing him and that they're building the team to create him chances because they they think that he's going to be the one that is going to take them forward move, moving into the next few seasons. And yeah, I mean, he's already got nine returns this season and they, they are sporadic. They are here and there. So it might be a one explosion one week and then an absolute catastrophic failure the next. But overall, over the long run, it will work out and... I do fundamentally think he is a great FPL asset. It's just 
like you say, maybe don't watch. <laughs> and eventually it the points will just sort of filter into your team over five or six weeks. And I think you'd have to be incredibly unlucky if he keeps starting the matches, which at the moment he probably should. Um, it, it, very, very unlucky if over five weeks you don't get one or two pretty decent hauls out of him. Um, even if he is slightly wasteful at times, he's getting enough there. There is easily enough there for him to be a good FPL asset. And the data is so strong that as a non-owner, I'm just as scared as the owners are of him blanking. I'm scared of him hauling when I don't have him. So, yeah, it's he's a difficult player to go without and to go with. But overall, I prefer to probably have him um, in the position I'm in right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's got one that I'm always going to be perennially behind the sofa for. I'm mm. thankful that his ownership is going to remain low. Um, so 16% overall. I don't know what the effective what effective ownership this week was, but it's like 13%, something like that. So it's, it's one of those where I'm kind of quite thankful it remains so low, but there's definitely that element of um, longevity if you did throw him into your team and just kind of left him there. I think, I think any given week. Um, even if it comes to the bench, any even weak points are going to be on the table. Probably left on the table, to be fair. Um, but they're on the table. And it won't be long before suddenly he's essential, I think. All it will take for him to go on a run, gain some quote-unquote form. I don't know whether, I don't know whether you know, he's, he's obviously quite chaotic. Um, so I don't know whether that's going to be sustained. Um, but it's one of those where if he kind of does score in a couple of games, does kind of get his eye in, then suddenly you might all be thinking, well, okay, we need to get this player in. You'll see sort of people like us at 352 just kind of almost reorganising our team, potentially, if we're kind of border Watkins or whatever. Um, just getting... a doing Darwin's Watkins is, is one of those um, where mm. I've, I'm really glad the ownership's so low. But yeah, very, very scary watching him. Um, so we mentioned that Holland earlier on, um, as, uh, speaking of forwards, um, and there's been a few questions about that. Um, I think they've been slightly invalidated a little bit. So Pep's at the midday. Uh, we will show him this afternoon, so I don't know. Um, yesterday, he felt much better. Um, and then Holland was in training uh, today. Uh, we'll see what happens against uh, young boys midweek. Um, I suspect he, if he's fit, he'll play against Chelsea. I don't really see that being a question, to be honest. Yeah. And so, sorry, um, like Morpheus, uh, uh, amongst others, asked us a question about kind of what happens if Holland's injured. I think we can't really touch that right now. Uh, waste everyone's mm -hmm. airtime. Um, but there is one sort of tangential to that uh, from FPL Stomach, um, who asked, with the fixtures being poor for City, um, so we know the next four, um, they're not poor, but they're challenging. Um, on paper, it's City, but they're still challenging. Uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs, Aston Villa. Um, could you contemplate selling Holland? And how would you read? How would you redistribute the cash? Um, I mean, I, I we, we said this a little while ago, to be honest. Um, but Liverpool, Spurs, and especially now with the injury to Van der Ven and the Aston Villa with the high line, as you mentioned beforehand. Um, none of those games worry me in terms of owning Holland. No frankly and to be honest in game week uh in, in game week 13 there's a very good chance i captain holland against against liverpool to be honest with you um and then the kind of spurs aston villa he's always gonna be in with a shout there i know we're probably especially if you if you are a no holland person and you've benefited from this this week i mean what a big win that is <laughs> two points versus four he doubled the uh output of holland but you know captain salad the last few weeks you're laughing um, but I, I, I don't think it's something cost to say that those games don't worry us, right, Sam? 
No, they do, they don't particularly worry me, especially if Spurs have got injuries and red cards and all of that flying about um, by game week fourteen. Still, we don't know how bad the Van der Ven um, injury might be, um, but yeah, I, 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 Spurs and Villa certainly don't worry me. Liverpool again, I'm a bit like you; he could easily be my captain that week um, because it is a little bit of a an iffy week. Anyway, for captaincy, there aren't many options out there. We'll obviously get to that when we get to that after the international break. But um, yeah, he could easily be my captain that week. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got no qualms about keeping him. If you were to theoretically redistribute the cash, I think it would probably have to go on the aforementioned Darwin and then bump up a midfielder to someone like Bruno on penalties and with good fixtures. And like, like you said earlier, 90-minute man. And then maybe maybe you get to Trippier again, even without the good fixtures at the moment. They Newcastle's long term fixtures are very good. I think they're top of the ticker um, over the uh, the next ten to twelve game weeks. So the immediate term bad, but longer term much better. So you could look at redistributing that way. But as we've mentioned before, I I don't really like doing that without having a wild card to sort of get me out of jail there to get back to him because I will definitely want him back soon. Um, and I, again, like Tom mentioned, I think the next four fixtures are absolutely fine as well, personally. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be holding on to him as long as he's fit. And it does look like he's going to be fit because we saw him in training earlier today. Yeah, fair play. I think, yeah, you can, you can redistribute, but I think it's kind of the boat has been missed really on, on, on Tenenhall now. Um, yeah, and you're, you're kind of gearing up to get him back. I think any any one of these games with those defenses, um, there's always going to be a chance for Holland to really go big, um, and especially a Liverpool game. I think that's going to be a really interesting one. Um, speaking of, sticking with the strikers just for a minute, FPL dummy Tom, when do we all pile into nil more pay? I assume the answer is immediately. Um, yeah, I mean, fair. <laughs> so, well, well done to Neil. I think it's it's, it's very it's, it's very good to see him stop crying, um, and uh, actually do a goal. And very very kind of him to do so. I was out with um, the Daz Menti tea on Saturday, and um, so, yes, this is my third day in a row of drinking. I'm getting too old for this. And um, uh, <laughs> the Daz is a massive West Ham fan, and he was saying that like Morpay always seems to score against us, no matter what, and then. Sure enough, he did. Um, is this going to be the start of an amazing run for Nilmo Morpé, a Danny Ings-style sort of run? Um, I don't know. He's always had the numbers, I think. He's always been sort of a, a, an FPL analytics sort of darling in some ways, especially when he was at, uh, at Brighton. Um, I know he did very well when he was at Brentford the first time round. Um, but mm. one, to, uh, one to keep in mind, um, and one that if he does start to score consistently, uh, he's gone from being scared of an open goal to actually scoring a goal. So that's progress. And if he does kind of continue on, like you've got to be able to basically vote to, to just talk about the overall sentiment, you've got to be able to park your sort of inhibitions about a player who's had a kind mm. of a, a tough three years. If he, if, if, if he does suddenly become the next Ivan Tony at Brentford, then fair play. You've, you've got, if you can, if you, if, if there are signs that, you know, he's worth buying in, then I'm not going to be kind of saying no, I'm, I'm, not sure whether he, I'm going to be beelining to meet to Neil Morpay. That's that's a for reference there for you, Tom. Um, but I mean, <laughs> he's going to be one that um, is always going to be on the radar, isn't he? At his very cheap price. And um, yes, I don't think we're going to be beelining towards him, are we? 
No, not just yet. Um, but yeah, what you said is very important. Always be open to players, even with poor track records or players that you might have sworn off in the past. Be open to the situation changing. For the time being, I'm not going to let one goal get me carried away on it. Um, I, I am assuming that the question was more tongue in cheek at this point, which is absolutely fine. But with the fixtures to come, next couple, um, we can probably leave it, wait. And then if he does seem like a player that's hitting a bit of form, by the time Brentford's fixtures turn good again, we can look at him then. Although one thing I would suggest, if we are going to take the question more seriously, um, is if we're looking at getting Mbumo for um, some good fixtures to come, or if he's in your team anyway, then be careful piling too heavily on Brentford because they will be blanking in game week 18 alongside the Man City assets. So you could leave yourself in a little bit of a pickle and in need of a free hit if you're not careful and you go a little bit too heavy on that combination of Brentford and Man City going into that week. Having said that, they should have that double game week in game week 20. So it is a viable strategy to free hit in game week 18. Just one for you to kind of keep keep one eye on if you are going to go down that route. Yeah, and Bumo is going to be pretty universal, isn't he? Game, is it game week 14, the Luton home game? Um, it's around so, then, yeah. I wasn't confident yeah. which week. Yeah, Luton, Brighton, Sheffield United, Villa. I think we're all pretty much, most people will be looking at buying him in for that. Um, and then you kind of manage it because, I mean, as referenced earlier on in FPL, a stomach's question. Um, I don't know how to what extent we're all piling in. I, I must admit, like I'm not really minded nowadays to be one of these sort of long-term planners who's thinking, am I going to be free-hitting in game week 18, et cetera, et cetera? Am I going to be buying in kind of double city around that time? Um, I'm, I'm more of a kind of take-it-as-it-comes kind of manager these days because I don't think there's much utility in planning too far ahead because there's so many unknown unknowns. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those, Sam, this real rewrite points out, effectively. Uh, next question, uh, Jeff Pedder. Um, asks uh, Villa assets have uh, Fulham and Bournemouth in the next three, but are flattering to deceive. I feel like mm. Cash and Diaby could both move on soon. Uh, that's pending Cash's injury status, of course. Uh, what do you guys reckon? And uh, there's obviously a few people um, who are disgruntled with Watkins uh, who have bought him in recently. And um, mm-hmm. obviously, your bold claim, Sam, is uh, looking at Watkins. Three uh, goals for Villa. Watkins are getting, not getting any kind of involvement. It's basically my experience wearing Watkins. Um, I mean, do you think that that's definitely a case there? Because the lot of people who were tripled up in Villa for quite a while doubled up at the very least. But I remember you saying that a while back, you know, around now, and definitely by game week 14, before they jump into Man City and Arsenal at home, mm. they were re-reaching sort of the, the tail end of those good fixtures. So if you didn't have a more pressing need, which I think most of us are going to do pretty soon. But if you didn't have more, it didn't have a more kind of pressing need. I mean, would you be looking at kind of saying, you know what, maybe it's time to kind of look at you know, Diaby to, I know the fixture aren't great, but in Bumo or something like that? Yeah, I, I would. I think more importantly, from a defensive point of view, Villa's fixtures will be running out pretty soon. They'll, they'll have Spurs in a couple of weeks. And then, like you say, it's Man City, Arsenal. Um, not too many of them I'd be scared of owning Watkins for. He is a player that I always like backing against anyone. He seems to pop up with a goal even in the bigger games. Diaby, we don't really have that sort of history with. And there are a lot of good alternatives with good fixtures around that sort of jumping off point that you could swap to quite easily um, for Diaby. So I'd have no 
hesitation in removing him around then, especially because the underlying data hasn't been fantastic for him in comparison to some of the other assets around that price point who would be coming into good fixtures. Cash, I think it looks like it was just a precautionary sub off this week. So I think you can probably hold for the next three. But after that, it's it's probably a sell. But if he is injured this week, then I think you could probably just bring that forward and, and have a look at doing that now. Watkins is the only one that I'd say we can probably hold if we have to. And if there are no no fires elsewhere, then we can maybe look at moving him on too. But I feel like he's a player that could punish you if you do get rid of, especially in the next with the next three. Um, yeah. But yeah, Man City and Arsenal after that, you you could definitely get away with having a look elsewhere if there are strikers coming into good fixtures then but for the time being i'm happy enough owning Watkins still i and think cash the rb lots of other kind of uh, maybe not for cash it doesn't feel like the defense is kind of chock a lot of options now um but for the rb certainly it's not that far to get to a bowen is it i know that west ham have been kind of flattened to the sieve as well but still very good options um at west ham bowen and kudas like that could be one where you'd have more sort of levity potentially to just kind of think, you know what, actually I, I'm going to go for it and just kind of chase that a little bit. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I don't know if uh, people are still tracking how far into the Spurs game we are, but Tom has Maybe just informed me that it's finished 4-1. And uh, I think it's Jackson Hattrick. By Jackson Hattrick. And, uh, Jackson Hattrick and a doggy minus four. So yeah. it's been a good week. What a great week. And what a great time to be podding live. There's loads of people who don't realise that if a player does get sent off, it doesn't mean that they get caps. So if yeah. they're a defender, they don't get caps. So if they keep conceding, the negatives keep coming. And, As yeah. a Southampton fan, I'm sadly acutely aware of that. From the <laughs> and Jack Stevens, I think, in the nine nils, did you? Was, uh... Uh, no, I didn't own them, but I know I that Ben Zurek, after getting sent off one oh, season, um, got like a minus seven or a minus eight or something because he got an own goal as well. There was some weird combination that happened with the defender who got sent off in the either the Leicester game or the or the Man United game, one of the two. Um so yeah, a doggy minus four, not that's not great. I've ever seen you, I think. Pardon, what was that? As I've ever seen you. Yeah, well <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? You're getting your running shoes and going around the block, aren't you, after this? <laughs> yeah, I might I might have to in the pitch black. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll find somewhere dimly lit to oh, go sit in a corner and, and reassess it's my life not, and why I play a kill nice. in the first place. It's not place. very nice, is it? So, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's horrible. And we've all been in that situation at some point. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't get upset about it. I think it's one of things you just laugh at because it's been so bad anyway. But it's kind of like, mm. if, if, if only, oh, I'm sure someone put out a tweet, like, what could happen for this to become the worst game week in FPL history? Yeah, but what idiot would tempt fate like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, final question this week to move us on the transfers and captains so Sam can go off on his run slash <laughs> in the dark room for a bit and just scream straight to the angry dome. Um, Jimmy LeClaret, um, who should be our third Arsenal attacker to own this week against Burnley this week? I think for those people it's probably second or third. Um, but I think I, I mentioned earlier on about concerns about Saka, uh, for example, not at the races, uh, XGI-wise, being very wide, etc., etc. Um, but those four next four fixtures have the opportunity to be transformative for Arsenal and their FPL fortunes and Premier League fortunes. Obviously, not, not so terrible, but 
difficult uh, loss against a close rival for top four this week. Um, mm. So you're in Saka, um, and mm-hmm. is is it is is in for example, on the menu for you? Uh, probably not on the menu for me, just because I've got, by the looks of it, issues elsewhere that I need to deal with. But if I had the option to get to him, I would be considering him. He's very well priced. He should continue to start for the time being, and we know that Burnley play a very open brand of football, leave gaps centrally and uh, and relatively high press. So Nketiah could definitely benefit from that. Martinelli is the other guy that I'd expect to do really well off the back of that kind of system. Um, so all three of those, I'd be more than happy to own this game week. Um, in terms of other attackers, there aren't really any that stand out for me. Erdegaard, we don't really know fitness-wise at the moment. I think he missed the squad altogether over the weekend. Yeah, we? so yeah, I think that was one. That was one of those where, like, if I if I'd known that Erdegaard wasn't going to be fit enough to even travel, then I wouldn't have sold Trippier, basically. Um, yeah, but you know, you, 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 there's nothing you could do about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, again, might just set us, on a, set us on a little bit of a pathway to which Arsenal assets we're open to considering. But without Erdegaard in the side, maybe they are a little bit hampered and may, maybe they're not such priorities after all. Um, but yeah, I'm happy enough sat on Saka. I think he's still a good buy this week. I don't, I don't think there's any reason that he shouldn't do well against Burnley, that Arsenal should have more than enough about them. Same goes for Nketiah, same goes for Martinelli. And I'd expect all three of them to hopefully start and and have a pretty decent chance of getting a decent enough haul um, against Burnley. So yeah, those three would be the three I'd target right now. Yeah, I think so. The only one that I would... I'd maybe throw into the mix of Ben White. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, playing, yeah. Uh, I think he's now up to, I'm pretty sure I saw who was like 5.7 the other day. I was thinking, who is buying mm. this guy? Um, but one of those who could weigh in with an assist, um, with fixtures being quite beneficial. Um, and if we don't get out of second gear and they are low scoring weeks, uh, that you could be looking at kind of double digit haul. Uh, for him, uh, through one assist, you know, 11, 12 points uh, every now and again, because he is the extra man a lot of the time uh, for us. Um, so on the other side as well, you've potentially got a Tomiyasu thing going on, but I think you know, Zinchenko and him are going to be kind of fighting for that sort of role. Um, yeah, I think Ben White could be one who's a bit of a luxury sort of pick if you kind of either got massive team value or you have sort of no Haaland and you're redistributing funds and you think, oh, maybe I'll go, I'll punt on her on a, on a, a higher uh, price defender. I think he could be one um, who's really interesting to kind of pick up um, as interesting as his hairstyle, which seems to be attributed to Blink-182. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right with those players there. Um, it really is sort of um, one of those potentially kind of touching on our kind of contemplate point um, about projection uh, more than kind of what we've seen recently, especially kind of really recently. I've kind of was quite... Glad, I suppose, because I'm planning to bring in Saka and double up on Arsenal. That the the Newcastle game maybe would have kind of stopped a lot of sort of more fair weather managers um, from bringing in Arsenal assets. Um, mm. So, I mean, that's one of those, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, transfers and captains this week, I think probably need to kind of expand a little bit because obviously we need to get a bit of news kind of here, there, and everywhere. But it is one where there's a lot to think about for everyone now. I I, I think. Yeah, if you've not been impacted by a doggy getting a red card, you've not been impacted by a Mazning injury, uh, you don't have the flags, and um, which on Holland's 
feels like a bit superfluous, but definitely on cash and you haven't got sort of issues elsewhere, then I feel very sort of jealous because it does kind of feel like a bit of an easy role because the fixtures are really good on paper for loads of teams this week. Um, mm. For me, I do have the cash flag. I do have the Holland flag. Um, I'm fairly sure we're going to see Madison um, get flagged. And I, I think it, they're the early game on Saturday as well as Spurs, aren't they? Uh, I think I still check that. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's the early game. Um, so, I mean, I was looking at potentially moving Bowen for for uh, for Saka, and now obviously it looks like Hardy Madison for Saka if he is out for a little bit, and it looked like it was kind of bad enough um, that he is going to miss. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not back after international break. So, um, mm. no need to be hanging around there, uh, bringing the uh, Saka for for Madison, and I got one point six million to play with, um, and I don't know, am I going to take a hit there? Well. Fitness everywhere else, I think that's yeah. kind of where I'm going. Getting a double up. Um, I was looking for moving Bowen out. Obviously, did score. Still does look like the the guy. If something does happen at West Ham, the talisman um, of that team. But you know, kudos for maybe kind of affecting that going forward. But I think that he is still kind of the one that I want to own, especially with the fixtures still looking really good. So Maz being injured, oddly, is kind of a, a nice enabler for keeping him. And then have money in the bank, so I actually have flex for once, which I will yeah. need next week um, or game week 13 after international break because Shimakas is away at Man City. And uh, as we've referenced, is now a rotation threat anyway. Um, so that 1.6 million can then kind of help me out with Kabore or Taylor, then moving up to somebody else. So I've got a bit of bench security potentially, although Kabore scored eight this week and Taylor scored last week. So, you know, it is what it is. It always is what it is. Um, I think they've got kind of okay fixtures, those two. Um, but yeah, I think kind of being able to kind of feel like I've got something in mind for the future and maybe oddly, although I've sold Son um, and didn't like it, and maybe kind of the injuries to Spurs, is going to be a real test for them of their depth. Um, now going forward and without Madison's central conduit maybe we might see a little bit of difference there maybe an openness to selling some um, fairly soon as well um, so yeah uh, we're going to see how it goes uh, on all of those things um, given my OR uh, 661 um, I am open to using the captaincy to buy a lottery ticket in that Burnley game um, against uh, and I, I'll have Sacra Martinelli and I would not say no to captaining Saka or Martinelli in that game. Probably Saka because I can be fairly sure he gets through midweek. Uh, champ- is it Champions League this week? Yeah, is it? Um, mm. I can be fairly sure that that's we're all good. Um, he's going to play that game. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I'd be really, really tempted to do that. I know that Salah is going to be the one with the high EO, so that's kind of the safety pick. But it feels like with the where I am, so 600k, it's not so awful. Um, but I still kind of look at it and think, yeah, if, if that does come off, like Saka scores a brace in that game, and Salah quite, doesn't quite match it. And there's always, always narrative that Brentford are very kind of gnarly to play against. Um, we, we're known that three five two. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm open to it. I, hope, I may even do it. I'd be really interested in doing that. And um, mm. that's kind of where I am. I think Madison to Saka if he is cropped. Um, I, I don't really see him playing against Wolves. I haven't got I haven't got a bench at all. Um, so it would have to be him um, for just kind of practical reasons. Um, so yeah, I think that's where I am at the moment. 
and obviously hoping that um, Sue McCaskey plays because I've got Gabore away against Man United and Taylor away against Arsenal on the bench to come in <laughs> if Sue McCaskey doesn't play. And but uh, go on, which probably is kind of fine. Um, if Cash is injured, God knows. Uh, I'll think about it a bit more. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Ben White, uh, my Ben White props. And um, hey, there we go. Uh, yeah, interesting week for me. You've got a really interesting week now, though, haven't you? Yeah, I've got f- more fun with flags now because uh, a doggy will be suspended too. So switching over to my team, um, yeah. So in defence is where all of my issues really lie, to be honest. Uh, Cash, who I'm really hoping isn't a proper problem because if he is, then I've got some serious issues. Uh, Simakas, again, needs to be starting against Brentford for me to probably put out a full back line at all this week but then burn we know is out fundamentally we know that that to be true so he's a transfer out and a doggy um is going to be suspended for this game week as well and then the fifth defender is taylor i don't really want to be playing taylor so i think going into this pod i i was thinking it's going to be burned to lascelles just cover off the newcastle spot um i probably would have started lascelles away at bournemouth anyway over either Simakas or a doggy, but I wasn't really sure which. Obviously, a doggy being suspended would make that really simple if I was confident that Simakas does start and I can just start Cash, Simakas and Lascelles at the back and hope that they all start, that Cash and Simakas are both fine. Um, after that, though, uh, in the in the middle, Bowen, Gordon, Son, Salah, Saka, I'm happy enough to just leave it as that. And up front, Haaland, again, pretty sure that flag gets wiped um, and he plays. And then Watkins as the other the other striker. So that this could go one of two ways for me. It could it could end up being that I need to use both of my free transfers and sort something out in the defence just to cover the bases and make sure I've got a full back line. But if I'm trying to be maximum Sam, as you like to call me sometimes, I'm going to try to be ultra cautious. I think just moving Lascelles in for burn gives, gives me that little bit of money. I'll roll the second transfer ideally. And then game week 13, obviously after the international break, we could need those two transfers even more. Um, and hopefully that would then give me a playing back three for this week all things willing so yeah i'll have to check the news and monitor how cash goes through the week we'll get some news because we'll have hopefully two press conferences from emery before the deadline um with europa uh, or european competition included as well um and simicas is probably the the dice roll that i just hope that he starts um but yeah outside of that if i'm trying to be as calm and objective as possible it's it's an okay side for next week it's just that defense i just need to make sure i tighten up on i mean i feel like there's gonna be hits flying around now um if yeah you get to kind of the end of the week and things are looking a bit like you know what let's play us out we can kind of move it all on um i mean are you open to hit this week i don't think i need to i uh, well, obviously things can change. Um, people could, like can be injured. Maybe Harlan's injury is worse than we think. And the training shots are um, AI generated fakes to throw Chelsea off the scent. Who knows? But I, at the moment, I don't 
think I need a hit. Um, I, I've got two free transfers. So worst case scenario, I can move Burn and a doggy out. And then I've got a back three and I'm happy with the front seven. Um, so I don't think I need it, but I'll have to have a look. I'm open to it in the sense that I think that hits will be flying. Like you say, I don't think I'll lose much ground by doing it, but I need to, I need to see a move out there that gives me significant upside for me to want to take that hit at this point. And I, I'm not really seeing it at this moment in time, but again, you you could probably tempt me with something and, and show me a, a manoeuvre I could make for three moves that would solve all my problems. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, we'll see we'll see how we develop when we get towards mm. the end of the week. But yeah, I mean that was a one hell of a week. Yeah, <laughs> so, that might be my lowest game week score ever. I think I'm 22 points after the 22. minus four. Uh, Nick once of this parish um, has ended the week on 17 minus four. Um, wow. He had Ariola, Saliba, Shimakas, Cash, uh, Diaby, Saka, Salah, Madison, Watkins, Alvarez, and Hauling captain. Um, so oh. f- net 13. I've, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, so it's one of those horror stories we're all going to move on from and we're all going to be very happy to put this week into touch, effectively. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's your lot, basically. And we're all off to go and forget all of this. Absolutely. Well, hopefully this has been it has been a game week to remember for all the wrong reasons for most of us. But hopefully in a few years, we'll all look back at it. Remember game week 11 in 2023 and think, you know what? At least it can't be as bad as that. So we can all have a laugh about it in seasons to come. Hopefully we've helped guide you through what was quite a tumultuous week. And you've had a good laugh at my expense for things getting worse during the live recording. Um, But in the meantime, Thank you all so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We were who got the assist. Uh, As always, you can follow us on X at WGTA underscore FPL. Or if you want to follow my woes, you can follow me at FPL Pricey. And on Instagram and threads, we're WGTA.FPL. And again, I'm just FPL Pricey on there. Um, If you did enjoy the pod, we'd really appreciate it if you could follow us on those socials, but also give the pod a five-star rating if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you do listen. Um, Or if you're watching on YouTube, then please do remember to leave a like and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any future content. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks, Sam. Um, off to forget about FPL. I will be on Friday at Always Cheating's London Meetup uh, at Belushi's in London Bridge. Yes, another night of drinking. I need four days of exercise, healthy eating, all those sorts of things. Um, yes, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Josh and Brandon in person uh, after the last time I saw them was pre-pandemic. So it's been quite a long time. We hope you enjoyed the pod. If indeed you've listened to it this far, we hope we insisted you feel better about FPL a little bit. Um, and we'll speak to you next week. Take care. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? a goal who got the assist who got the assist sports social podcast network don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 